0: Welcome to To Grow Good, a podcast of conversion stories, to share encounters with a living God, to bear good fruit, a place where others can meet or be inspired to meet God. So get cozy, lean in, and listen close. Miracles are at work, and He wants to meet you too. My name is Rachel Smith, and I'm your host. Now let's start growing some good. Hi friend and welcome to another episode of To Grow Good. I'm so happy that you are here and I am just filled with so much joy. This week I feel like the Lord has been... Just plopping so many of you into my path. And more and more people are reaching out and saying how much these stories are making an impact on their own discernment process. Um, We just had someone just today or yesterday reach out. And um, I wanted to share it because her name is Melissa. And I just loved what she said. She said, hey, friend, I have loved your podcast so much. I'm very drawn to the Catholic Church and I've been discerning for years now. And she asked for um, episodes with people for people that have no religious background at all. I mean, praise the Lord that He is using these stories to reach people that are in their discernment process and that are feeling curious about God, but they're not really sure where to go or how to grow in that relationship. And I feel like when we share our stories, it helps so much. Because we can relate to one another and we can understand where someone might be in their own journey and then learn how that might impact your own journey. Um, I also love it because I feel like it just shows and proves how real God is and how he's working in each one of our lives all the time, even when when we don't see it. Actually, sometimes especially when we don't see it, when we feel like there's no way God is in this moment. That is oftentimes the turning point in your story. From listening to so many stories now, I've really come to to know that, that sometimes it's at the darkest moment of someone's life in their own journey that they finally surrender and let go, and they're able to begin to be led by the Holy Spirit deeper into that relationship with God. And tonight is no different. We have a conversion story tonight that is – going to be so amazing. We're going to be hearing this together for the first time, which I'm really looking forward to. Um, But Deirdre is actually a uh, listener of the show who reached out and shared some of her journey um, with me. And I asked if she'd be willing to to share it on the podcast, and she was open to doing that. She is a convert from a non-denominational Christian Church. Um, She grew up Catholic in the church, but she fell away early on in life and left for non denominational Christianity. And it wasn't until she actually had an episode in her own life um, that really led her to start to seek uh, answers to some greater questions about the origins of Christianity and the history of the church. Um, which I can't wait to get into with Deirdre. So if you are watching live, I just wanted to remind anyone watching us live tonight that you can at any point say hi in the chat. We can see your comments. Hello, Everlasting Gospel. Thanks for joining. Thanks for leaving a comment. And you can ask questions um, or comment on Deirdre's journey or ask her questions about her own um, path to Catholicism. All right. Well, without any other delay, let's uh, welcome Deirdre onto the show. Hello. Hi, Deirdre. Thanks for coming on. We're so excited to have you here.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me.
0: Of course. Um, Could you just start us out by sharing a little bit about who you are and um, what you do right now? Sure. Um, Well,
1: my name is Deirdre. Um, I currently run a small blog. It's called The Controversial Catholic. Um, I also post Catholic content on my Instagram. Um, I've been married for four years to my husband, Charles, Um, and right now I do work full-time as a bank teller, but that's about it.
0: Awesome. Wow. Well, I can't wait to hear how Controversial Catholic got started Mm -hmm. and a little bit more about Your journey of saying yes to the Lord and in that ministry. Um, But I hear that you are a convert. So I would love Mm -hmm. if you could maybe go back to the beginning and share a little bit about what the faith was like for you growing up, what your relationship to God was like. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, if you can remember a moment where it became real for you. um, I would love to just hear the first moment that you came to know that God really was there.
1: Okay, so you want the whole story?
0: I want the whole story. Okay. <laughs> and I um, have a feeling our listeners do too. <laughs>
1: okay, um, so we'll just start when I was born. Um, so I was adopted as a baby um, and I was baptized into a Catholic family. Um, we attended church every Sunday growing up and was very involved in Sunday school. And the youth group. Um, I could tell both my parents and my grandparents loved Jesus and thought it was important for us to be raised in the faith as well, Um, but in many ways my life outside of the church resembled nothing of a Christian lifestyle. Um, I remember as a kid the only thing that I was drawn to during Mass was the Holy Eucharist. Um, And before I received my first communion, um, when I was eight, I remember desiring to have Jesus even before then, because I truly knew that it was him. Um, And so growing up, I barely read the Bible. I was very ignorant of how God wanted me to live as a Christian. Um, And I, I really thought the do's and don'ts taught by the church were not to be taken as seriously and were more of optional suggestions. Um, So as I became a teenager, I had already experienced um, like many years of anger and depression that really affected me mentally and spiritually. Um, I remember becoming just more and more angry and unfortunately ruined friendships and relationships because of it. Um, Then when I got more freedom as a teenager, I spent my time not very wisely, and was walking further and further away from Christ and almost gave up my faith when I was 17 and started embracing spiritualism, thinking all religions were, you know, on the same platform. Um, But in my senior year of high school, I decided that I wanted to be a Christian, and so I got baptized again, but as a non-denominational Christian because I didn't want the label of a particular denomination. I didn't think that it mattered. Um, I also believes that my first baptism wasn't valid at this point because that's what I was told by the church leaders. Um, so after this decision of getting baptized again, my lifestyle just regressed back to exactly where it had been before. There was really no change in my heart. Um, So then that brings us to college. Um, When the end of my first year of college, my dad told me that his skin cancer became terminal Mm -hmm. and that he only had a few months to live. Um, So I ended up continuing to live the sinful lifestyle I was in to cope with everything I was going through. Um, I would still sometimes attend adoration and reconciliation, and I would receive Holy Communion um, even though I was no longer Catholic and was going to a non-denominational um, church on campus, um, at that time I also didn't know that I was receiving uh, Holy Communion unworthily because I was never taught that. Um, but I always felt like a small, like tugging at my heart to return to the to the Eucharist, but I was so reluctant to do so because I truly believed everything the church taught was false, except for transubstantiation. Wow. So that brings us to senior year of college. Um, I met my husband on a dating app and um, at the beginning of my senior year of college. And then my dad died four months after I met my husband. Um, So thankfully, we've got a few years um, more than we expected with my dad, which was absolutely amazing. But um, after my husband, di- I mean, my father died, um, Charles came down every couple weeks to Gainesville to be there with me while I was grieving. Um, we got engaged during this time. We moved in together right after I graduated from UF. Um, and then we got married. And the first few years of our marriage was like a roller coaster, is the best way to describe it. Um, our lives were changing. Very often, um, we would go to church on Sunday, but that's about where um, it stopped as far as um, seeking the Lord together. Um, Our lives would change a lot because I would make very sporadic decisions based off my mood, which later was diagnosed with bipolar type 1, which explained a lot of it. Um, But that is really the reason of how I got back to the church. So, um, the start of 2021 um, is when this mixed bipolar psychosis episode started for me. Mm -hmm. Um, It was very sudden, like a light switch. Um, I was watching TikToks late one night and came across a very scary video about Christians being in hell that triggered it. Um, I'll only go into detail about some of the symptoms I was experiencing um, but mostly mention the spiritual side of it because it is very difficult to put into words um, what I was going through. So, um, I mean, during the first week, I lost my appetite completely, didn't eat for the first week after that, um, barely ate because of the amount of anxiety that I had. I couldn't stomach eating. Um, most days I couldn't bring myself to leave the house to go grocery shopping or get the mail because I was terrified of dying and going anywhere felt like an out-of-body experience in an alternate reality. Mm-hmm. Um, the delusions in this episode kept getting worse. Um, to It got to where I tried to divorce my husband because I believed that he would send me to hell if I didn't. Um, and so I said that we needed to get divorced because it's what God wanted me to do so I could be saved. Um, and, you know, looking back at it, it's not a fruit of God at all. Um, but that—that's um, no one could tell me anything other than what I believed in that time frame. So, during that time, I was questioning everything that I believed in about Christianity, researching about the history of Christianity. Every moment I was awake, um, I didn't know what set of doctrines to believe in anymore. I knew that there was truth out there. Um, I didn't know which it was. Um, I had, you know, many different churches all preaching their own set of doctrines. And so um, there there was a lot to, I mean, really sift through to go through and see, well, what did the first Christians believe in? Um, But I didn't trust that God was good. I didn't trust that he loved me. Um, I didn't feel his presence at all spiritually. Um, That was completely gone. Um there's no consolation in my in when I prayed um but I do remember praying like I'm not going anywhere god I'm not going anywhere cuz like I I thought something might come of it eventually if that makes sense
0: Yeah definitely Um
1: so during these 5 months um I was researching Protestant doctrines like once saved always saved and even being raised in the Catholic church I had very little knowledge about my faith and the idea that a Christian could lose their salvation was never discussed. Um, So now I guess I'll get into where, you know, things started turning around and really clicking for me on a spiritual level because I converted while I was still in this episode. So it was very difficult to get to the conversion. um, But I came across some Bible passages about transubstantiation that it's, it's kind of where I was like, I need to be Catholic. Um, so the first one when I was reading was John six, um, I couldn't believe what I was reading um, that this actually happened. And then I read the road to Emmaus and that's when like the light bulb went off mm. when Jesus said, then well, the, when the Bible said then their eyes were opened and they recognized him And it's like that light bulb went off for me in that moment, Um, because I remembered back to, like, I've always believed in this. And then I ended up reading 1 Corinthians 11, which warned against receiving Holy Communion in an unworthy manner. And I didn't think that was even a thing. Um, So I called my mom, and I told her what I found. I was bawling my eyes out, which I was crying all day, every day anyways, Um, but I called her. I was like, Mom, I don't want to be Catholic, but I need to be because I believe in the Eucharist. And like, I knew that I needed to have Jesus's life in me. And there's only one way for that to happen. So after that, I, like, I knew that I was going to convert back to the faith. And I knew in my heart that if I had remained a Protestant, I would be like the disciples who walked away from Jesus because his teaching on the real presence was too hard. Hmm. So um, even after deciding to come back to the church, I had more obstacles to overcome regarding accepting certain doctrines, which I think every convert can relate to.
0: Yes, I'd love to hear what they <laughs> were.
1: Um, but so then I ended up going to Florida during this time. I saw my best friend. She suggested that I get professional help at this point because I told her what I was going through. And so I I did get professional help. Um, I found a great um, psychologist and a psychiatrist and I ended up getting diagnosed with the bipolar OCD, scrupulosity and anxiety. Um, I mean, since then, I have found a medication that works for me really well. Like I've been, I would say, mentally stable over the last year and I can I can just see like in my life and my mental health that God is like pouring out graces to help me. Um because I don't know, for a long time it was not like this. It was, it's just incredible. Um my husband and I are still married. Um we actually ended up getting our marriage convalidated in the church um June 26th wow. last year. Um and I don't know, we're just we're Happier than we've ever been. We I I, it's hard to explain. We're just like we can see that this is where, you know, God was leading our marriage and um we we loved our Catholic wedding and convalidating our marriage. It was the greatest day of our life. Mm. Um so since then I started my blog. Um I just felt like an interior need to release all the information that I was consuming in a way that wouldn't cross boundaries in my relationships and I wanted a way to reach ex-Catholics and Protestants who have these misconceptions about the Catholic faith to hopefully help them understand why we believe in the teachings of the church
0: and that's that's where we are today. (laughs) Oh my gosh what a journey wow that is wild that how so how many years has it been like over the last? So what do you mean since when? Like, that whole journey, like, over the la- – well, I guess not from when you were born. <laughs> well <laughs> – But the – like, I don't know, just, like, since the episode, yeah.
1: So, the episode was um, – started about mid-January of 2021 and wow. ended sometime in May 2021. So, it was about five months I was going through that. Wow. Um, and then a few months after, it was really just recovering from it. Um but yeah,
0: <laughs> that's that's like what a whirlwind you must feel like. I don't even know. That's gonna take some unpacking to do. Like it feels like you did. You had so much happen in such a condensed time mm-hmm. period, and you were exposed to so much and learning so much. It must just feel like, I mean, a relief and probably deep peace and joy <laughs> that you found this truth, but also just a lot to process. So. I our prayers will be with you and for your dad. We should all lift lift him up if you're watching or listening to this afterward. Um, please say a prayer for her dad um, and for your marriage. I mean, praise the Lord that it survived all of that. And then you guys got to convalidate it back in the Catholic Church. I mean, that's wild what the Lord was doing through this by permitting what happened to you – but also helping you all to grow closer in relationship with him and then ultimately to find his church, which is just amazing how mm-hmm. through something so dark and so much suffering, you were also able to find this light in, in the truth of the, of the Catholic faith. Um, mm-hmm. So do you mind just talking or yeah walking us through a little bit what were some of the doctrines that were hanging you up and how did you get over them
1: yeah um so i mean yes once saved always saved um church teachings like um the pope um was a big one for me that i i hated the church structure of having a pope um I'm not huge on authority, so that was definitely, it took, I guess, God to instill some humility that um, we do have a leader on earth to lead uh, Jesus's church. Um, Marian doctrines were difficult for me. I've always loved Mary. I never had a problem or hatred for her, um... But it, it was more on the side of indifference, um, so that was a challenge. I don't know.
0: No, <laughs> you're doing great. Yeah, that's that's a lot. So, how did you even work through all of this in such a short time period? Were you just like binging on stuff and reading a lot of a yes. lot of books? And what 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 are some of the resources that you turned to?
1: Yeah, during this time, I barely slept. Um, I slept about one to two hours a night wow. when I did sleep, I had super terrible vivid dreams. Um, and so they would wake me up and then I'd be too terrified to sleep and the cycle would start over. Um, so I read mm-hmm. a lot about documents, you know, from the early church, what they believed, what they taught. Um, and I mean, history gives all the proof that I needed um, I also read a lot of Scott Hahn. He was really influential for me. Um, the Sisters of Life, their Let Love podcast, was actually huge for me as far as um, th- they really focus on the love of God because, you know, there, there are always people who focus more on the hell and damnation side and the judgment. But they definitely focus on spreading God's love. Um, and I think that helped carry me through it because I wasn't convinced of it at the time um, but it helped me just I mean like keep chugging along each day yeah. um, the YouTube channel Lizzie Answers was a huge one for me um, she just has wealth of knowledge um, in basically every topic I loved watching her videos and then after I was diagnosed with bipolar I saw that she had bipolar so it was oh, great yeah. to be able to Relate to her on that level as well, and I learned so much about that condition even from her videos. Um, so those were the main things that um, helped me like learn more about the faith.
0: Mm. Yeah, and it, I love how you described that it was through Scripture that you realized that the Eucharist was real, and. <laughs> Your eyes were open, like when you said the road to Emmaus, which I love that too. How they're, Mm -hmm. I love even how they specifically say our hearts were burning when he was opening the scriptures to us, but their eyes were open through the breaking of the bread. And it's like you can get so far with the scriptures, but without the bread, you know, your eyes they're not opened to so much more that God wants to do with us and through us and in relationship with us, with the Eucharist and all the sacraments and just all the grace that he wants to pour out over us through these means and through his church. Mm
1: -hmm. And so
0: I loved how you described that it was actually through reading scripture um, that you realized that this was tying back to the Eucharist. I mean, I feel like that is a rare, relatively rare thing to just happen in someone's story. So I love also how you framed your whole journey along with the Eucharist that from the beginning you had this love for it. And I think the Lord just like he knew obviously that that love that you had when you were at such a young age would draw you back in when you were older too and that, that that pull was still there even while you were away, um, that you, like you said, like you would still sometimes come back because you knew somewhere inside of you that this was real and that there was more here. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah. So I just love, do you have like a deep devotion to the Eucharist now?
1: I do. Um, I love adoration. I mean, even growing up when I didn't like the church you know if I went to adoration I always felt immense amount of peace and I still get that
0: um yeah (laughs) yeah that's so beautiful I love that so much I mean praise God honestly and everyone watching I'm sure can agree thank you like I'm just so glad that you are where you are now and that you've really been able to get out of that place that you were in um, and that darkness that you were in through that throughout that episode, but that also through people in your life like your friend and different things that God was placing in your path, you were able to get the help that you needed and to mm-hmm. seek healing and wholeness. And that healing that comes from the sacraments, especially from the Eucharist, is just such a gift of Catholicism that… Um, yeah, you just really, it's, it's amazing. I love the Eucharist too. And I love the tangibility of our faith, like how it's through the senses that God wants to work with us. Like he wants to enter into us through the Eucharist, like through confession, like he wants to absolve us of our sins, you know, like actually have this physical thing happen. What was, um, yeah, maybe your journey with confession like? Did you have any issues with that?
1: Yes. Um, So I said before that I struggled a lot with scrupulosity at this time, and that's part of what my episode was experiencing. So even after the um, psychosis part of the episode, um, for months, I really struggled with, um, one, believing God loved me. I couldn't believe that he forgave me every time I went to confession. Um, I I would just really obsess over... The thought that, you know, maybe Jesus didn't um, forgive me, maybe my confession wasn't good enough. Oh, I missed this detail about this sin, a very minute detail, but I thought it was the most important thing to have a valid confession. Um, So that just took time and prayer and patience. Um, I found the divine mercy devotion During my episode, um, I just happened to buy the book online on Amazon because I was just buying Catholic books. And then when I really started learning about it and the image and the chaplet, I started praying it every day. And I also believe that's what um, saved me from this as well, to learn God's love for me because, you know, of this great devotion that Jesus gave us with the image and the chaplet. Um, So mainly it just it just took a lot of time um and sometimes it still is a struggle going to confession and but you know i've been in spiritual direction now of the great spiritual director for about a year now um and you know i, I just remembered things of um what he's taught me to help overcome this
0: yeah that's beautiful and confession's so powerful I mean, it's just so amazing that God gives us this gift to, yeah, absolve us and purify us like, and, and help us to grow in holiness through confession. And yeah, it's just like – it will like clear the the pathways and the vessels to God. And so I always – I just love confession. But like I always am saying too, like it's like if you feel like you're in this rut or stuck with the Lord, you know – to try frequent confessions because yeah. it really does make such a difference. I've found in the spiritual life, like I can just hear him better, see him working in my life better when I'm going to confession on a regular basis. Um, and I know, yeah, it it's like the, the evil one will do anything that he can to keep us from going mm-hmm. because he knows how powerful it is, um, and so it can be hard and to have this like pushback or to feel the spiritual warfare to get there. But when you do go and you go regularly, it truly is – it's so life-changing. I mean, even one confession is so life-changing. But I do feel like the frequent confession, at least in my journey and my walk with the Lord, it's been, I mean, just invaluable.
1: Yeah, I completely agree with you. Um, I read – I don't remember which Catholic mystic it was, but um, Jesus told her, to encourage people to bring even their temptations to confession. So whether or not you have mortal sin, you should go to confession. Even if it's venial sin, you know, you're tempted, whatever you're tempted to do. Um, I like to bring it to confession and say, Father, I've been tempted to do this, this, and this. And Jesus said that like by admitting that he will free us from it. So wow. it's just such a powerful thing that God has given us to use and yeah, go go often.
0: <laughs> wow, that's amazing. I love that. I love the idea of temptations. I don't think I've ever heard it like that. And so, I love that idea of bringing temptations. I also feel like memories is another thing. Like if you remember something randomly from your childhood or something or from your teenage years just out of the blue like there's a good chance that, God, that God's like bringing that to front of mind because He knows you're in a place where you can go to confession and confess it. Um, and I went through a journey or a period of my of my own journey, and just the Lord was working on so many things and purifying so many things in my life that um, all of a sudden it was like this. It was like this time period where all these memories would randomly seemingly come out of nowhere. But it was because I had started going to confession and I had started going regularly. And I kind of like was able – I think it was a grace that I was able to see like, oh, that's why you're like bringing this all back. It's not to try to like hurt me or shame me or make me feel guilty for it. It's like – get this off of your soul you know like bring this to confession and also i don't want you to be trapped by that anymore by that memory even if it's in your subconscious somewhere like mm-hmm. i want you to be free from it and that is what confession is it's a sacrament of just like setting you free from the things that shame you or make you feel like you know you're not good enough or that um you know, the racing thoughts or the things that come back again and again, like those are things that you can bring into confession and the Lord will truly, I know from experience, will set you free from them, which it's just, it's so powerful. Um, The sacraments are truly just so, so powerful. Um, Did you ever have a moment where you were, yeah, looking at other religions um, and compared to Catholicism? Um, that you felt I don't know compelled by their arguments. I mean, I'm thinking I think of orthodoxy. Did you look into that much at all on your journey?
1: I was not um compelled to become orthodox just because at this point, like it, it very soon into it, it became very evident to me that you know all these other denominations came. Um, around so much after the Catholic Church, so I was never really drawn to look into maybe Orthodox is true, um, because when, once my once I saw that all the timeline of when Orthodox and Protestants um, have come around, my mind was made up. Like no, like there there's someone there's somewhere even earlier than that, that is where I needed to be, um, and I had taken a Christian class at a Protestant university, and they taught me that the Catholic Church wasn't around from the beginning. They said that they didn't come around till like, the fourth century, and so that's kind of where I was, like, well, what was before the Catholic Church, and what led me to before was the Catholic Church. Um, It just wasn't in the way that, you know, you thought of it. The, you know, term Catholic didn't come around to the second century, so um, there's just lies and or misconceptions that I was taught. So just being revealed the truth of what the early Christians actually were, um, I think really helped me from keeping my eyes on any other kind of denomination.
0: Yeah. Do you want to share any of the things from the early? It was the early church fathers that you were reading and their writings? Is that what um, you're talking about when you say the earliest Christians?
1: Yeah, um, the Didache was the biggest influence for me really is that they talked about, you know, how they had communion um, back then and they dated that document all the way back to like the mid um, first century. So wow. that was the biggest one for me that I was like, okay, wow, like the early church really looked super Catholic, even though they didn't have the Vatican and what we have today.
0: Yeah. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. And then when you read it, like you're saying, when you read that with Holy Scripture, mm-hmm. it's like – it's so clear. It's uh, it's, it's mm-hmm. like your eyes just – they really are opened because when you read Scripture with the Catholic lens, it all makes so much sense. Like you can see what he's saying at a deeper level. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's so beautiful about um, – just scripture in general and and like i feel like as we grow in our relationship with god our understanding of the scripture like grows too and i love that it leads deeper to the church because your eyes are open to how he founded the church through peter and gave him the keys and the 12 and that all of this is still happening today and it, that it's fulfilled from the Old Testament. I lo- That's one of my favorite things too is to just like see the connections between the Old Testament and the New. I feel like it's just so fortifying in light of the church to look at it all and be like, wow, Lord, like you fulfilled that by, you know, establishing this church that is the pillar of truth up and down the centuries and that we can know for sure that we are in the right church. Um, and as the world gets more and more just – diversified and more and more, you know, denominations are popping up like all, all the time of Christianity. Like to know that there is this one pillar led by the chair of Peter, um, that the Lord knew that this would be an issue, um, for people that were seeking him. And so he made a way that the Holy spirit could lead others back home, um, I just, yeah, it it makes me all fired up. I get so excited about it. <laughs> um, so do you want to tell us a little bit about Controversial Catholics? So how did that come about? And what is it that you do now as part of that blog or ministry?
1: Yeah. So um, I write my articles when I can. Um, I work full-time, so it is very difficult balancing both at the same time. Um, but – Man, I don't know what really prompted me to starting a blog. Maybe I was very influenced by other blogs, other YouTubers, um, but I'm not as confident to go on YouTube, um, and I always enjoyed writing in school, um, so, you know, I thought, well, maybe I can just, you know, write as a way of evangelizing instead of showing my face on camera. Um, so then I just started my Instagram aligns with my blog to be able to push out more content, um, when I didn't have the time to dedicate to, um, writing a full entire article.
0: Yeah, that's, that's awesome. And what kind of articles do you write? Do you write like about your story or do you write like apologetics kind of thing? Yeah, more about
1: apologetics. I haven't really talked about my story anywhere, um, But I like to bring in texts from the early church, use the Baltimore Catechism and, of course, sacred scripture to show that what the church actually teaches. So when someone reads my article, they can have that full picture of what they're learning about instead of having missing pieces. So I try to bring in as much as I, I can for for the readers.
0: Yeah that's, yeah, that's beautiful. That's amazing. I can't wait to go check that out and just watch it grow over time and what the Lord uh, is calling you to through that ministry. Um, we'll definitely link it in the show notes. So if anybody wants to find um, Deirdre's blog or follow her on Instagram, we will have her links um, below for you. All right. Well, I want to take some questions from the many people that are watching live. Thanks for joining (laughs) us tonight, guys. So if you have questions for Deirdre, can you pop them into the chat right now? We will take some questions in just a minute. So you can ask anything at all from what she does now in her prayer life, any devotions that she might have, books she might recommend, um, maybe early church father documents that she might recommend. And you could also ask about her journey itself and and what um, she struggled with along the way or different things like that. But while uh, we're collecting the questions in the chat, I want to ask the last question that we like to ask guests who come on to Grow Good. Um, And that question is, Can you share with us one scripture verse that is either speaking to you recently or that has played a foundational role in your journey and why?
1: Okay. Yeah. I actually wrote it down because I don't have it memorized. Um,
0: I I love it. um,
1: During that episode, um, I was reading Psalm 51, um, verse 10 through 13. It said, create in me a clean heart, O God, and put a new and right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of salvation, and uphold me with the willing spirit. Then I will teach transgressors about thy ways, and sinners will return to thee.
0: Mm. That's good. Why uh, Why does that stand out for you on your journey?
1: Um, it kind of wrapped up everything that I was feeling at the time of you know, cast me not away from thy presence, where I didn't feel God's presence. And I didn't know if that was a real feeling, if it was actually happening or not. Um, and I mean, my prayers were just basically crying out for God's mercy and to be with me regardless of what ha- uh, was happening. And of course, asking him to like restore my soul and my mind exactly where it was before this had happened.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and even like restore it in new ways. Cause that's mm-hmm. something too I love about your journey and so many journeys that we've had here on to grow good is that so often it's these places of darkness and suffering that the Lord, when He's welcomed into them, He will redeem them and make them new. And just like His scars, you know, like we have those scars in on our hearts and in our journey, but he redeems them in a way that is so beautiful and it's glorified. And then you can help other people that are maybe in this dark place of their journey to come toward the light, which is so much of what you shared, like the people that you were able to seek out and and listen and learn from to grow closer to to God at that period of your life Um, And now, look, you're like doing that for others through Controversial Catholic. And so it's just amazing how it it never ceases to amaze me how God and only God can do that. Um, And only Jesus, only through Jesus, the way, the truth, and the light. Um, Awesome. Okay. Well, let's take some questions from the listeners. We have a couple coming in. Um, Thanks for joining, guys. This has been so great to hear Deirdre's story everybody yes thank you everlasting gospel for reminding me if you're watching this right now i'm going to ask you to pause like this video and subscribe to the to grow good channel help us to grow and help to get these conversion stories out to more souls that might be seeking something like this in their own journey or in their own life honestly you liking commenting subscribing to this channel does so much to help the video get recommended in other people's news feeds so that if they might be seeking this, the Holy Spirit loves to work through the algorithm. I can attest this. (laughs) So if you like this or subscribe to this or leave a comment on this video, um, it will actually help it to show up in other people's Newsfeeds or profiles that might be seeking um, content such as this, and it could help them grow in relationship to God. Thank you in advance for doing that. If you're listening to this after the fact, please hit subscribe on whatever listening platform you're you're listening on, or leave a review. Um, Written reviews do the same thing as comments; they really help um, to recommend the show to others. So, thank you for being here. All right. So let's see. Oh, this is so nice. The everlasting gospel said, she has such a glow to her. May the Lord pour out his grace on this channel for these precious testimonies. This is so encouraging to hear. Thank you. That's so sweet. (laughs) All right. We have a question here from Kaylin. She says, have you run into questions or criticisms from Protestant friends who don't understand your conversion? If so, do you engage in debates with them or just agree to disagree?
1: Yeah, so I've definitely run into this a couple of times. Um, I don't argue. Um, That's the one thing. Arguing doesn't change hearts. It doesn't change people's minds. Um, I will have an informative conversation with them and we can talk about it but um, I just know from my own experience just and doing things the wrong way that it it doesn't get anywhere Um, so you, you kind of have to take a step back before you reply to anyone and make sure that what you're saying is said with love
0: yeah that's so good I love what you said about arguing, not winning hearts, and obviously, intellectual, informative conversation is great, mm-hmm. and helping to guide people. But right, if you're if you're fighting, it's probably not bearing good fruit in either of your lives. Mm-hmm. So just to like keep it, yeah, Christ and Christ led. Um, is so good. I actually saw something today on, I think it was on Instagram, and it was like, if people love, if people, I'm going to butcher it, so maybe I shouldn't even try it. But it was like, if people love Jesus because of you, that's a good thing. But if people like hate Jesus because of you. It's a problem. That's a problem. Did you see that too? (laughs) I was like, that is good. Yes. Because if if, like, like it's good, obviously, that they might come to love Jesus through your own witness and your own way of explaining things or showing things. But if they're being turned off from it because of you, like, that's when there's probably a problem that you got to think about. <laughs> awesome. All right. Let's see. We have another question here from Jay Gomez. Thanks for watching. Um, and he says, what do you think the reason is why so many non-denominational don't convert in spite of all of the information available?
1: Um, so I think that the reason is they are getting the wrong information first, and it's closing their hearts to learning about the, what the church actually teaches. Um, when I first started researching I now know that I was on all the wrong websites because it was all anti-Catholic. Now, looking back, there were lies and rumors, misconceptions that people just didn't understand. Um, And so it did make my conversion a lot harder because that is what I was fed first. And if that's what you're raised in um, and always taught since you're little that the Catholic church is evil, it's wrong, then that's what you're going to believe. And it's it's going to probably take longer for that person to convert because they have a, a mental block.
0: Yeah, that's such a good point. And like we were talking about, the mercy of God, just like meeting people where they're at and helping them wherever they are on their journey, because you don't know what their background is of, like, why they are the way they are or why they believe what they believe. Like, they could have been told something beforehand. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a great – that's a great answer. It's so good. Um, All right. We have another question here. Thanks for all the questions, viewers. And he says, question, so her husband converted as well. How did he take this conversion?
1: Yeah, my husband has not converted. Um, he was, he's born and raised Baptist. Um, he is still Baptist. Um, and at first the, the conversion of me saying that I was converting came out as God wants me to divorce you. (laughs) So it took a while. It took, it took longer. It, It didn't come out well, of course, during that moment, but, um, it wasn't off to a good start hearing that his wife wanted to divorce him be part of the reason because she's coming Catholic. Um, so once we are over that obstacle, um, things have been like easy breezy. My husband is very supportive of um, going to mass with me. Um, my devotions never once has he criticized me. He always, he always listens with an open heart um, and, and, I I just know that, you know, if we ever do become parents, like, he's going to make a great role model.
0: Mm, So beautiful. And it's hard. It's hard when, uh, (laughs) you know, when the people that we love don't quite understand where we're at or why we're doing what we're doing. Um, But I think, yeah, the Lord works through that too, you know, (laughs) like, because he knows the love between the two of you. He knows that he can work. Through that relationship and that love to bring both of you closer to him, um, mm-hmm. you know, over time as these things take time mm-hmm. and and different situations in each of your lives will draw you closer during different seasons or things that might take place. Like I mean, look at your your journey. You know, it was it was something that kind of triggered it or set it off to have you start to look deeper into it. Um, Mm -hmm. And that could be different for each one of us, you know, what it might be that's going to draw us in at different times of our life. Um, Awesome. Okay, we have another question here. What is your favorite apologetics channel?
1: Um, I said before, Lizzie Answers is definitely my favorite as far as um, apologists go. I also do like... Catholic Answers. Um, I've learned so much on their website and through their podcast. Um, I feel like they really take it from the facts only standpoint of our faith and use history, of course, to back up whatever um, question they're answering. And for me, that, that's what I need to be able to, to believe. I can't just believe in something that I don't know about. So I would say Lizzie Answers and Catholic Answers.
0: Mm, both of those are so good. Mm -hmm. Awesome. We got just just an awesome comment here. Catholic Church was instituted by Christ himself commissioning Peter and the apostles to spread the Gospels to all nations. Amen. Amen. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you so much. This has been amazing. Welcome home again, I guess. Uh, Welcome back home. And let's, yeah, let's all pray for your whole family, including your dad and your husband. And, um, let's also pray for, uh, I think it was Melissa that I, that I read her comment, Mm -hmm. um, Earlier in the show that is watching and listening to these conversion stories, let's just lift up anybody that is listening or watching this at any time um, for the Lord to lead them deeper into relationship with him and for them to, yeah, come come to know the Lord through his church because it is so beautiful to experience the graces of the sacraments. Um, Thank you so much, Deirdre, for coming on and sharing your journey with us on To Grow Good.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for having me.
0: It's been such a joy. All right, I'll let you go. All right, have a good night. Yeah, you too. Bye. Thank you so much for watching and listening to this episode of To Grow Good. It is such a joy, such a grace to be able to hear and share These stories of how God is working in our lives, in people's hearts and minds today, in a world that sometimes feels very dark and full of division and confusion. I love to hear testimonies just like that of how the Lord is working to draw souls to himself in all times, in all places, all around the world. The Lord is very much alive and he is working to draw souls closer to him. And so if you haven't yet already, help us to grow this channel by hitting subscribe, hit like on this video, share it with someone in your life that maybe is in a similar place or that can relate to Deirdre's story in any way. Um, Yeah, leave a comment if you enjoyed it. If you didn't enjoy it, let me know. Um, and you can also always reach out to me on Instagram at togrowgood or you can send me an email at togrowgoodpodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com. I also wanted to quickly just remind people because I realize I haven't mentioned this in quite a while, but we do have a, um, a way to support this mission and help this channel and this ministry to grow. And that is by joining the Branches of the Vine community of monthly supporters. So for as little as $5 a month, you can help to spread these conversion stories out to more people and help this ministry to grow and expand. So if you believe in this calling, if you believe in the impact of these conversion stories, you can join us. And in exchange and as a thank you for your support, you gain access to a monthly bonus episode. So every month you get a new episode in your Patreon portal. Um, And you also get a lot of amazing goodies from the To Grow Good shop. So hand-painted prayer journals, hand-painted Bibles, um, artwork, and other things that you get at different levels of giving. So if you're interested at all in supporting this mission, thank you, first of all. Um, But you can go to patreon.com slash to sign up. The link is also in today's episode description. We would love to have you join our little community. We share prayer requests and we yeah, just chat with one another over there. So if you want to join us, we'd love to have you along for the ride. Thank you for being here. Please pray for this show. Pray that the Lord continues to use it to reach the souls that he wishes for it to reach, to help people come to know and love the Lord at a deeper level. All right, my friends, I will see you next week for our next conversion story live on YouTube on Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern. Can't wait to see you then. And until then, have a beautiful, grace-filled week. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of To Grow Good. There are a number of ways you can support this mission. Follow us on Instagram at togrowgood. Join the email list at togrowgood.com for free weekly devotions written by Catholic women, a monthly newsletter with the most impactful content along my journey home to the church, and a notification each time we upload a new episode. Share this episode with a friend, a family member, a loved one, or a coworker. Leave a written review on Apple Podcasts to help refer the show to others who might be seeking. And you can pray. Pray for this show to reach the souls that God wishes for it to reach. If you are praying for To Grow Good, please be sure to reach out and let me know at togrowgoodpodcast at gmail.com. Finally, you can help to cover the financial cost to create and produce this show. For as little as one ice latte a month, you could join our little community here at To Grow Good, the branches of the vine, in exchange for monthly bonus episodes, gifts from the To Grow Good shop and more. You can learn more by visiting patreon.com slash to grow good. Thank you so much for being here, friend. And I will see you next time.